Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to Cultpix Radio, WCPX 66.6 on your pod hit list. With me, your host, Django Nudo, checking his list, who's been naughty, and whether I have her phone number. <laughs> and I am the smart peddler coming directly from your Christmas stocking. So we've reached the 30th episode of Cultpix Radio, Ta-da! which is a uh, quantity and a fair dose of quality in yeah. this first year of um, Cultpix in operation. And it's not even been a full year. It's been eight months, but yeah. we're coming to the end of 2022. So we will call it end of the year, Christmas, New Year. Happy, merry, merry to you all. For sure. And I mean, how much have we been able to accomplish in such short time i can't believe we've done 30 podcasts as they say that normally uh, anyone starting a podcast they they are giving up at the 10th um yes in fact we should have some intro music or sound effect called backslapping for <laughs> when we give ourselves a big pat on the back but well deserved um given that we are uh, as we keep telling all of our um, potential partners, not a major Silicon Valley streaming company, but a bunch of film enthusiasts and distributors from a very cold country up north. Yes, yeah. I agree. I don't think we've done badly for uh, what is still the start of this amazing journey. Uh, podcasts, newsletters, lots of partnerships, tremendous amount of films, a fair number of members and still growing. So I yeah. think the outlook for 2022 is rapidly spreading um not forgetting the big screen experience because we do love cinema we go yes. to the cinema all the time and we want um cold pigs to be part of that big screen shed experience and we do have exciting plans for that as well building on the very good screenings we had this year in stockholm copenhagen and of course with everyman cinemas across the uk it won't be an exact repeat of what we did this year but we're going to change it up and hopefully improve it and take the learnings and show even more great classic cult films for a big audience on the big screen. Yes, for sure. Anything you want to talk about <clears throat> the most recent screening? Yes, uh, we had the most successful screening so far in Stockholm at Bio Aspen last Monday when we screened uh, two very, very unique uh, films uh, produced by Nikatsu, the Japanese company, but in Sweden with Swedish actors. And uh, mm. among the many reactions we had from the audience was one saying that you can never have this unseen. So he, he, he thought he was, you know, <laughs> he, he's been destroyed for life after this. And uh, watching... The second movie of the night, um, a couple came out and what the guy said, this is the strangest film I've ever seen. And she said, yeah, since the film before this one. So that's how strange these films go. are. Cold picks ruining the film screening experience for a long time yeah. now. But it, it is true. And, and when you think about it, it's such a bonkers idea. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to think of analogy. But imagine if Mexicans went to Britain to make carry-on comedies. Something because like that. they were so popular back home, mm. or or you had, you know, Indians going to Russia to make uh, World War Two um, action films. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just <laughs> yeah. No, but it's true. It's it's so weird because these films are reflecting the the Japanese sentiment in terms of sexuality in the early seventies, as well as their bias towards Sweden and Swedes. 
but mm. all being played out by Swedish actors. So it's really mind-boggling to watch. It's just c- completely out there. And um, so, so everyone was very excited and everyone was also very keen on trying to analyze the films because the, the action in the films, the storyline is sometimes very hard to follow. So uh, I got all these all this input regarding like the symbolism and what does that mean and mm. what did happen in that scene really. And so they are they are also thought provoking in a very very funny way. Yeah. And I think it's going to be screened plenty more next year and obviously we have the Blu-ray coming out as well as streaming at some point at Cult Picks but we're going to be milking it for quite some time. I just I'm jealous because I obviously didn't get to see it because I wasn't there for the screening. But, Mm. you know, having seen the restored version, it it looks beautiful. You know, it could have been shot yesterday. Yeah, and especially on the big screen, I would say. It's it's incredible. And also, I mean, the the thing with it is also that the music in these films is so amazing. Mm. Yeah, should we have a listen to a little bit more of the music from one of them? Yeah, I think we can uh, listen a little bit to the um, opening uh, credits of uh, Bokken's Hus or House of the Beast as the um, Japanese translation to English would be. Since we do love our double bills and it's going to be a theme on Cult Picks next year, would it make sense maybe to double bill it with one of Christina Lindbergh's uh, Japan films? Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, we we uh, this cultural exchange that actually happened during the very same years with Japanese people going to Sweden to make movies mm-hmm. and Swedish actresses going to Japan to make movies. That's something that's really interesting. And we should also mm. definitely try to to get our hands on the uh, Hong Kong film that was shot in Denmark with Danish actors, ah, because yes. that's also really silly and crazy and some Kung Fu in it as well. Yes, definitely. We need more Kung Fu on Cold Picks in 2022. Yes. And that so, sounds like a good starting point. So, But absolutely, I think the double bill idea is wonderful. And I, I think people will truly enjoy it because there will be some very... Uh, classic double bills but we will also kind of invent some thematic uh, things ourselves yeah and what i'm also looking forward to is having more guests on the podcast we've had some great ones but we want to have guest curators of content and we want to have guests talking about their knowledge and expertise and insights into the films because although we consider ourselves the twin fountains of wisdom of anything and everything to do with these cult films (laughs) there are other spigots out there yeah you know yeah absolutely we we love our guests so uh we we do hope for more and we have some uh, up our sleeve yes and if you have suggestions or requests of people you would like to hear in case you grow tired of our dulcet tones then as always get in touch with us the usual ways email social media carrier pigeons 
think of yeah. something. And speaking of which, uh, do participate in our questionnaire that we will find online in different places like our newsletter and our Facebook page because we really need your input and you can all help us improve our service even better. Yes, questionnaire, important. We'll put yeah. the link in the um, podcast. Great. Text. With that, is it time to shuffle on to the first film of the eight last Cultmus Badvent calendar films. Yes, That's we've been uploading one movie question. every day for all of December, and we will until the twenty fifth. Um, now it's the is it the 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 last ones we're going through now? Yes, this yeah. is the final eight. Yeah, this is the not the hateful eight, the loving eight. Yeah. The, uh, lovely eight of the films. And we're starting off in the deep south of the United States with a subgenre of a genre that is a favorite. Uh, beneath horror, beneath zombies, there is redneck zombies. And the film that kicked it all off was Toxic Zombies, 1980, um, also known as, testing your knowledge here, Blood Eaters. Yes. Or? And... Blood Eaters, Butchers of the Damned, because they need an explanation. And my favorite, the, the Drollmax Derangement, whatever that means. Yeah, and, and, and also Forest of Fear, so Drollmax Derangement. So the plot of it is that there are, um, out in the wilderness, all these hippies growing pot, as are prone to do, and you know, corrupt politicians uh, spray these um, weed plantations with a weed killer. Um, which is the chemical Dromax. I don't mm. know if it's a real one, like Agent Orange or something, but that's clearly what inspired it. Yeah. Uh, so rather than birth defects, these anti-drug chemicals sprayed on them uh, turned the hippie growers into crazy, deranged, flesh-eating zombie creatures. Or Monday um, night, as I call it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, but yeah, it's it, I I love I love it, and uh, and the, the fact is that this was also part of another subgenre, or that became a subgenre, which is video nasties in the UK. Mm. Yes, you know, as we say, when Dear Child has many labels, mm. so it was one of the films banned um, in the United Kingdom uh, in the early '80s as part of the moral panic against VHS and yeah. scary films. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not that horrible, you know, in terms of blood and guts, no more so than your average typical zombie films. I don't know if the theme put the censors off or they were just having a bad Monday. Um, yeah, I think but, they were just afraid of anything that had the word zombie in it, probably. Or maybe it was sold under, you know, Blood Eaters, which, you know, also think of it. Bad, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And also the thing well, is that I, I don't, it was probably involuntarily that the filmmakers started a trend with redneck zombie movies. So that that's also, a, mm. a, you know, a historical thing. Yes. Although I'm not being a zombie film expert as much as I love them. Um I'm sure there are other redneck zombies, but I'm trying to think of modern ones. I suppose The Walking Dead are kind of half redneck zombies because it's mm. shot in Georgia, like yeah. half of Hollywood films these days. So, 
But yeah, what 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 makes a zombie more redneck than opposed to a kind of New England <laughs> aristocratic wasp kind of zombie? I think it's probably that it's more more uh, hillbilly style zombies. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's 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 sad that you know even poor zombies have to be categorized and you know racially segregated or <laughs> yeah. um, tagged with these kind of societal prejudices. A topic we will get into with one of the later films as yeah. well. But, so yes. shall we listen a little bit to the dialogue of the film? Let's hear what Redneck Zombies uh, films sound like. Man is the most dangerous predator in these parts. Or was it uh, these parts? Uh, Tom? Somebody's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 um... That's very good, Jimmy. You want to be a singer when you grow up? Ah! From prejudices against flesh eaters to prejudices against people of color, our next film is I Passed for White, which is a film from the United States in the 1960s, the shocking story of a man and a woman who meet up, marry, have a child, and, and, and then it's revealed, or rather we know that she has been carrying a dark secret all along. Mm. Can you guess what that dark secret is? (laughs) Yes, or rather, fair-skinned, but underneath it hiding a heritage that is half European and half African. Yeah, which was very controversial at at the day. And and it reminds me of of, um, Dr. Sirk's Imitation of Life, which was from that era as well, which is the exactly same theme. And which also became a a huge inspiration for uh, the German director Fassbinder. Right. It's apparently, again, we're talking about subgenres, but apparently this has been um, a genre. And I watched um, a bit of background for research on this, and and there were other films in the genre. And um, more recently as well, The Human Stain, I think, with Anthony Hopkins recently. Mm. And there's a film uh, released in time for the awards season this year, uh, called Passing, funnily enough. Yeah. And that's what the, this whole genre or or trend um, is encapsulated by passing. So you're passing for something, something that you're else, not. Yeah. You're and on, also from real path. life, we have two recent examples of, of uh, activists, uh, both female activists who posed as African-American, but were truly very Caucasian. Uh, and and made careers out of 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 the fact that or the the factoid that they were uh, mm. black and and when they were revealed it was such a huge outcry because it's it's such a very strange career move to to tell people that you you're something you're not and then be a, a yes. fighter for this oppressed minority right and um without wishing to get too much into the current cultural wars, because we do tend to stay on the south side of 1990. Mm. But you're right. It's a remarkable journey that American society, and this is very much an American thing, let's face yeah, it. Absolutely. Um, it's less of an issue, obviously, in Europe uh, or the United Kingdom. The fact that it's flipped 180 degrees, and now you have Caucasians trying to pass themselves off as yeah. um, African-American mixed heritage, whatever you want to call it. And... There are other films as well 
touching on this. Um, of course, a few years ago, we had Spike Lee's Black Klansman oh, based yeah. on a true yeah. story about right. a black man who passed himself off as, as a Ku Klux, Klux Klan. Klan member. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's a lot Which of interesting things. But also, I mean, in this particular film that we're talking about, uh, it's also very interesting that the the female, the actress who plays the role is played by a white woman because it would have been too controversial if she really had black heritage and was married to a white man, even fictitious in the film for, from the right. filmmaker's point of view. So I think there are many things to be said about this. It's quite an interesting story. But at the same time, she... Um, and again you know without wishing to name check or run through in hollywood who's um you know half and half and and who's truly african-american um she the the lead actress sonia wilde very good she didn't do much else after this but mm -hmm. she is good in this part um she has a kind of you know italian mediterranean kind of dark looks so i'm sure she could pass for um you know either way mm. and the fear the fear of the story is and we're going to hear this um we're going to play a bit from the trailer is of course this worry that even though you might seem um more caucasian rather than um mixed heritage african your child uh could end up being either uh more dark or more white i mean yeah. again this was a yeah. controversy in the um British royal family with Megan and all that, which we're definitely not going to get into. Very interesting. But she yeah. passed off and one. And again, not wishing to get into the culture wars, but having seen um, the trailer for Passing, it's got some great acting talent, beautifully shot, black and white cinematography. In the lead is Ruth Nega, great actress. But her idea of Passing is, you know, to have a bleached blonde bob. Oh, and yeah. she's married to... Uh, one of the Scotch Gord clans, because you can't escape them, who is, of course, a diehard racist at heart. Oh. You know, little does he know that oh. he's married, you know, an African-American. But, you but, you know, apart from the blonde hair and, you know, um, color graded, I think this doesn't convince just on a purely visual right, um, okay. perspective as somebody passing. But it's based, same as this book, uh, same as this film on a famous novel. It's a heartfelt issue, um, and it's interesting that we're still talking about it today. Although, as you pointed out, these days, um, I don't know. Yes, there are pro there are people who pass themselves off uh, on a racial uh, gender. But what's more interesting is, of course, the whole issue of passing doesn't just have to be about race. No, you know, of course. You can have Rock Hudson passing himself off as straight, or Arnie yeah. Hammer passing himself off as vegetarian, True. or you passing yourself off as a left winger. That's right. Whereas, and also, a you know. <laughs> uh, favorite film that we really should get our hands on is, of course, Pope Joan with Liv Ullmann posing as the Pope. Ah, yes. As a the male Pope, and it's based on a true story. So that's a good one, I think. Um, and I just have to to conclude a little bit about this film from 1960 uh, and the the last sentence in the Wikipedia entry, yes. which says, yes. the ending is an example of the tragic mulatto trope. And yes. I'm like, is this a thing? The tragic mulatto trope? Tragic mulatto <laughs> trope. And I think we've got at least two films in this genre, or, or three, because don't forget... Earlier this year, we had the Oscar Michaud yeah. uh, season right. when he was fettered at Cannes. And yeah. a lot of that, in fact, at least I can think of two of his films, which involved 
uh, passing. Passing, yeah. And um, Oscar Michaud himself had a thing about, you know, more fair-skinned um, or mixed heritage um, African-American women. So, mm. yeah. it's, it's a timeless trope. But it's a theme, Do yeah. we want to make it a subgenre? Tell me about the baby. Well, everything went well, Mrs. Layton. I'll get the doctor and he... But did... the baby, is it black? Here it is, with all the startling power of the best-selling book by Mary Hastings Bradley. The flaming story of a girl forced by the world's compulsion to live a lie. She was afraid to tell the truth to the man she wanted. I tried to pretend that it was only the novelty of going out with a nice white boy, but I forgot that right away, that I was Negro and he was white. It all seemed so natural, like it was meant to be. I, I just didn't think of it anymore. If our whole previous scholarly and very academic discussion of, of racial stereotyping and its portrayal in popular culture wasn't controversial enough, we're going to amp it up with just the title of the next film, yes, which it's I'm going to let you pronounce. <laughs> Thank you. It's the, um, it's the sequel to a uh, uh, um, classic. No, it's, um, the first film was called Color Correct My Cock. Um, the sequel was supposed to be called Color Correct My Cock 2, but it's actually mm -hmm. called Color Correct My Cock Can Fuck Off. And this yeah, is I... a very, very inside joke among people in London, Ontario, Canada. And uh, the, the, oh, the, smut, the smutty guys, uh, James Bialkowski and Jacob Windat, have created both of these very uh, <laughs> provocative... Uh, compilations of old trailers and outtakes and scenes and commercials from all over the place from the good old days. So just to give some examples, you have a bit of wonton tone, you have Chinese feather tickling, you know, that hmm. good old thing. Charles Bronson is in there. We have hobos eating shoe polish. We have Fred Savage. We have well-endowed vixens. We have evil Knievel breakdance. Uh, you, 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 you can't make this shit up. You have to watch it. It's crazy. Fred Savage, controversial. I, I haven't watched it yet. So, but it it does remind me of the fact that every time I put together the the podcast text list and fill in all the details, there's a little box that I can check that says contains um what's the word for it explicit material i yeah. think it is yeah. so reading out the name of color correct my rooster can f off <laughs> does that count as explicit I, yeah or I we should just pronounce you, it listener. beep beep my beep 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 ccmc cfo yep that's right <laughs> exclamation mark um exclamation mark but I don't, I don't think we have to say so much more about this. It's, uh, it's crazy, and I know the guys are planning for number three, and I, I don't even want to think what they're going to call that. Uh, well, no. Um, we'll just have to wait till, you know, with bated breaths until the third part comes out. Back to horror territory with the 20th of our Cultmus Badvent calendar films. This one is The Redeemer. Son of Satan, exclamation mark again. Two yeah. films with exclamation mark in one podcast. This must be a new <laughs> one for us. Um, so this is a variation of Ten Little Indians. Uh, people being picked off one by one by a mysterious killer. The setting is a high school reunion, which is why the film was also known as... Uh, 
Smut Peddler. Class Reunion Massacre. Which kind of does what it says on the tin. Whereas the Redeemer, Son of Satan, I think is more about cashing in on Damien Omen satanic oh, yeah, exorcism. Yeah. I think that cl- Class Reunion Massacre is a bit like Snakes on a Plane. <clears throat> yeah. It is, it is yeah. what it is. Which, which is the most brilliant title of any film of all time yeah. officially <laughs> does exactly what it says makes <laughs> I love see it. It. forget the film yep. yeah um wasn't very well received at the time i note um the uh script before me says that la times slated it saying in a year of trashy c-minus movies 78 obviously wasn't a vintage year the redeemer citywide takes the prize as the worst it's a badly acted, stiffly photographed, vile film that mixes together, and then there were none, whatever happened to the class of 65 and the omen, then tosses in the seven deadly sins as an afterthought. Oops, spoiler, maybe. The film is directed with theatrical history of too many arbitrary long shots and repulsive violence by Konstantin C. Gotchis. Fred Fister of the News Leader said the plot contains some grisly and colorful murders. Eight or nine, it's hard to keep the score. It's confusing. However, he finds the camera work good, acting mainly Washington area residents possible. I think what confused people is that it's sort of a horror film, but it's also a, a giallo film. And mm. that is a very particular flavor of, of horror films. So if you expect a slasher film and you get a giallo film instead, it, it, it does make for a bit of a mixed tone. Yeah, but I, but I mean, I love that, that that first bad review makes me want to see it. If, if it's called, well, of all the C movies, this is the worst. I have to watch it. Yes. Anytime a film is pronounced the worst of the year, unless it's artsy-fartsy, then, you know, there's got to be a good reason for it. Yeah. And the clown. It's got a killer clown. Oh, hey, I'm again, afraid of clowns. Ah, well, all That's... the more reason to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and again, we, we put up the... Um, uh, stills from the photo on social media and I particularly like uh, the one uh, which inspired our friend Adrian mm-hmm. hadn't heard of it, made him want to see it it's it's a colorful, but it's a black and white photo of this clown in the shower with a female and he looks like he's taking her from behind if you know what I'm saying I understand yes, <laughs> She's yes. having a shower. It's, it's just very bizarre and it's then I'm thinking is a clown porn horror Subgenre of a subgenre oh God, of a subgenre. That that would be very off-putting. I think. Yeah, I've seen some disturbing things in my trawlings of the nether reaches of the internet, but but not that. It's, no, my God. Yeah, clowns are scary, but yeah, clown horror porn. Anyway, dialing back, dialing back. So, um, it is actually it's it's not a classic, but it's a perfectly watchable um, horror film. And um, some even say that um, it is a um, great forgotten horror film. So I think people should make up their own mind, as always. But if the worst film of the year uh, tag from a prestigious newspaper of record, like the LA Times for film reviews, mm. doesn't make you want to see it, I don't know what we can say to encourage people. Exactly. Yeah, just watch it. Um, hear, yes. Listen to a clip? Yeah. Here it is. The worst film of the year of 1978, The Redeemer, Son of Satan, exclamation. Come to the class reunion, but only if you have a craving for terror. For nothing is more terrifying than a party given by The Redeemer. 
Six people singled out and chosen for a very special reason. No matter where you turn, he is there. Sticking to the film uh, theme of worst film ever, not film ever, worst film of the year or something. Um, Sharon, 1977. It's a uh, film from the year of, from the decade known as the golden era of porn, the 70s. Uh, and again, there is some wise ass out there reviewer claiming that this movie belongs to the worst made in the golden era of porn. Um, being slightly funny about it, but the reviewer actually says, and I think we pulled this from IMDb, yeah. you will get more aroused by watching the light of the hard disk on your computer for 65 minutes, and it doesn't matter whether the computer is turned on or not. Ouch. <laughs> That's bad. Yes. It's like watching and, paint dry or something. Yes, but it's not that bad. It's quite fun. Um, you know, starring Sharon Saunders. And what was interesting about it is the selling point on the poster is that it was shot on location in Atlanta, Georgia. Because obviously people must have got tired of San Fernando Valley uh, <laughs> backdrops for their yeah. porn. <laughs> so happy it's not shot in Hollywood. I want to watch something from Georgia. Yeah. Yes. And you know, we were in and something that isn't toxic zombies, exactly, and Walking Dead because or Marvel films because they're all shot in Georgia. But wow. I, I'm sure this was one of the first uh, porn films shot in Georgia. Yeah. Although other people have spoiled it to me because I read up that since there are inserts in this film, haha, mm -hmm. um, of other clips which clearly aren't um, in Georgia because they're from films that we know were shot elsewhere. No. But it's a Fun little um, comedy in terms of basic setup. Country girl, um, happy and easygoing about sex, so she is willing to have it with pretty much anybody who come, crosses her path. Um, could be a complete stranger. Could be her dad. Incest warning. Not mm. really. No. So it's just over an hour long. Um, you know, and we haven't done enough smut as part of the Cultmas Badvan calendar. So I felt this was a much needed injection of smoke. You know, after I finish here, I'm gonna take you home. Because what are we? Bobby? <laughs> no, at, at first I wanted to scream. But then I felt something that I never had felt before. And I'm like, gee, my kid's sister. She's had a lot of experience. And I'm so darn little about man. Well, we've been groaning her way through Atlanta, Georgia. That was Sharon. And now on to. Number Some 22. Yeah, we are moving straight into more smut territory with, uh, and this was a v truly a revelation for me, uh, mm. watching silent films from 1902 and up to the 50s, but mainly from the 20s from France. Um, these films were called stag movies most of the time because mm. they were screened at stag parties. They were obviously forbidden uh, in terms of censorship, so they were, you know, passed on illegally. And they are 
early porn films, and I would say the mm. only difference between them and what you can watch on on Pornhub today is that there's no sound, but all the action, all the sexual acts in these very very old movies is exactly the same as we can watch today with close-ups, with cum shots, with you name it. Mm. Yes. Obviously a bit more I'd hairy. Seen, definitely more hairy, but I'd seen, you know, silent vintage porn before and this was definitely I'd, I'd say and some good but a lot of it was very cheaply made. Um yeah, you know, literally two people having sex on camera. Famously there's one where, you know, they have a sex on camera, they finish and from you know, off camera, somebody throws a towel to them. Which <laughs> That's <very> helpful. <laughs> um, but these ones had actually quite high production value, and, and some of them kind of tread the line between porn and just smutty erotic comedies, because, of course, um, a lot of um, early um, technology evolved around and still does around around adults including the peep shows edison's kinetoscope yeah uh, you know what yeah. what the butler saw and kind of thing but these uh, some of these have incredibly high production value you know they have yeah. you know cost of a dozen of cops just for making you know fun point um did you have a favorite of the ones that you saw <laughs> I, anything that stood out i i was quite surprised that a, a couple of them i i don't remember the titles but where where there's like two men and two women in the same scene and suddenly uh, well obviously there's the 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 lesbian sex which you you have in most of heterosexual <laughs> i mean porn today yes but then the guys start fucking each other and that's kind of surprising uh from that era mm. and it's like not commented on at all or 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 seen as no. something it's just something that happens along with all the other action that everyone is having sex with everyone and i found that really interesting and and sort of very unprejudiced uh, and we're talking about like 1925 or something like that yeah i mean it's much more open-minded than what yeah. you'd find on yeah. on you know the pornhub so I mean, today, and as so. you say, uh, um, a lot of uh, technical inventions have come through uh, adult entertainment. I mean, starting off with the cave paintings <laughs> from the yes. from the cavemen and on, <laughs> uh, it has been a, a factor in the development of a lot of different art forms and technology. So it's uh, hooray for yes. them. And and speaking of technology, one of my favorite. Uh, sequences in this one is uh, early on, I think, in, in the first uh, compilation reel, where there's a husband who has a new um, gadget, which is a radio with pictures. Oh, uh, I don't wow. know if you remember this one. And he tunes in, and there's like a mirror, and suddenly human forms appear in the mirror, and you know he can tune in on this radio with pictures, like a yeah. belly dancer, and you can watch her perform, and the wife isn't best pleased with his you know, man cave technology. <laughs> uh, but effectively, you know, this this is French vintage porn predicting the internet and yeah. porn hub. Yeah, yeah, it's interactive. This, oh my God, yes, amazing. It just, it just foresees it. It just does it in the, the visual language of, you know, radio with pictures. Yeah. It's porn hub. It's yeah. porn and, hub. And just, so, you know, tuned and so in belly dancer. Yeah. And so obviously, as this is silent movies, we don't have any sound clip for this. But we'll move straight on to uh, number 23, which is a um, little gem that hasn't been seen since it was made in the 80s. And it's some very, very 
very famous Swedish people involved in it. And it's called Joker Face. Mm-hmm. And it was directed by a good friend and former colleague of mine, Peter Wester, uh, who was a very uh, successful um, maker of uh, commercials, basically. But yes. before that, he his biggest claim to fame is that he was the uh, cinematographer for the I Am Curious Yellow and I Am Curious Blue films by Vilgot mm. Fröman in Sweden that traveled the world as part of the Swedish sin the package. The other Swedish sin film. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but it contains, uh, it's not really a feature film, it's about an hour long and it contains a number of comedy skits with a very mm. uh, popular Swedish comedian actor Magnus Herrenstam, who was a true, true 80s phenomenon in Sweden. Yes. But quite surprising. Magnus Oppressa. That's right, yeah. But quite surprising, also co-starring is Anne-Fried Lyngstad of ABBA. Mm. Obviously, very, very much uh, talked about right now because of their first album in decades, which is number one in most countries' top lists. Mm. Yes. Although, is she technically Norwegian? She is, yes. But she was, I mean, she she lived in Sweden most of her life, I I think. We claim her as one of our own. Yeah. So, um, have a look at it. Um, Unfortunately, no subtitles yet, but we will Mm. will get to that. You don't need subtitles to appreciate Anne-Fried Lundstad. No. And I think also it's going to be interesting to watch because I think some of the humor contains some themes that are maybe not that kosher these days. So um, have a look. And we can listen to a little clip of Magnus Heinstein. Det är fler hemma i Mottenklar. Alldeles strax. Klockan är ju fem över sex. Ja, men jag tänkte precis att det bara skulle... Vill du inte ta en drink så länge bara? Absolut inte. Vad får vi? Får i kol. Och nu ser till att få maten klar så tar jag en dubbel whisky så länge. Får i kol. Vi måste inspirera. And then finally, oh. we are actually going into Christmas-themed films because we haven't really yes. had one for the whole month, have we? <laughs> no, we we thought about digging down into the archives and finding digging up some public domain. Christmas films uh, to fit the bill. Um, although, of course, um, technically, it's a wonderful life. Is a Christmas film. Mm. It does have a nasty core of it when he uh, enters the evil um, world. But we found something better, much, much better, and much more appropriate, which is retro Christmas classics, volume one and volume two. So it's lid yes. number twenty-four and lid number twenty-five. <laughs> Neatly avoiding the question of is Christmas on the 24th as we celebrate in Sweden or the 25th as the heathens in America celebrated. Yeah, so we we are doing it both days. And both of these films are thanks to Lisa Petrucci, Something Weird Video. Thank you very, very much for these two compilations. Thank you, Lisa. Um, And for everything from Something Weird over the past year. Yes, it's been such a pleasure working with with Something Weird this year. And we have tons of films from the company. And Mm. these two uh, comps are full of short films, of uh, commercials, lots and lots of strange stuff. And actually, there's a whole feature film in there somewhere as well. Mm. A legendary one. So just lean back and enjoy the Christmas spirit of both of these films. They are nuts. And you will also see 
a f- f- you know a big favorite of mine, Liberace. Yes, no Christmas is complete without Liberace. No, no. Exclamation so points. I think uh, I think this will really get you into the holiday spirit. Both of these compilations. Well, it's a nice way to round it up. Um, what's been a very mixed and eclectic and hopefully fun and, and an entertaining and enjoyable Coltmas Badvent calendar for 2021. Shall we, is there anything we want to pick to play from the Retro Christmas Classics or play it out before we kind of say our good wishes for the I end think, of the year? Why don't, why don't we do that, that as the outro? We will pick something from uh, one of the compilations and we will run that as the, um, mm. the end of this uh, podcast. All right, let's do that. So let's just end with our good Christmas wishes to all of our listeners and to our partners and to our members above all. Unlike other streaming services, we don't have subscribers. We don't have customers. We have members. We have cult members. Everyone who's cult members because we are truly a cult. Um, And anyone who joins in is um, a member and one of us. And we do believe in that. We do mean it. So a big thank you to all of you, everybody who's following us on social media and commenting and just engaging with us and helping, helping to keep these films alive. Because let's not forget, the films that we put on, the films that you watch, are the films that the critics hated, as we heard today, uh, the ones that archivists often forgot, belatedly now being reappreciated and rescanned and restored, and uh, ended up on the dustbin of history, only to be... you know, fished out, dusted off, and put back into circulation by crazy people that have nothing better to do. Like ourselves. Than to, like ourselves, exactly. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a f- fun year, but I do believe that 2022 will be the year of cult picks. Absolutely. And we're going to have a well-deserved rest, and we hope you do too. Don't forget, the films are still there to keep you company over the Christmas days. Write to us if you have any requests, wishes, suggestions for the new year. And we look forward to engaging even more with our membership and fan base in the next year. For sure. So, have a great holiday. Make sure you eat too much. Drink excessively. Any other suggestions, Smart Peddler? Yes, uh, use your time off to to have as much sex as you can as well. Yes, indeed. Just enjoy. So, Just remember the, the, the debauchery uh, times are here now. <laughs> Tis the reason for the season. Yes. So from all of us here at Cult Picks, or should I say both of us? Yeah. Me, Django um, Nudo, and me, the Smart Peddler. Wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Mm-hmm.